Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Developer Toolbox. Uh, this week, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and we are talking to Palash. Uh, Palash, do you want to introduce yourself? I hope I said your name right, by the way. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Palash. I'm the co-founder of this communication company called Dyke. We provide audio video, real-time audio video chat as SDKs and APIs. And um, before all of this, all throughout college and a brief period after that, I was working in the security industry. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm primarily a security guy, even on the weekends uh, or like outside of work, I continue to engage in security. But yeah, uh, that's about me. Awesome. Yeah. Now uh, we reached out. Um, I'm just going to explain a little bit for our audience, uh, just because this is a newer show. But yeah, we reach out to different um, like developer tools, SDKs, things like that for, for folks who want to add features to their applications, right? So uh, Dite is one of those. Um, honestly, this is probably more interesting to me than uh, maybe a lot of folks that listen, uh, just because I am in the middle of, you know, the media production stuff. But yeah, um, so you said it was SDKs for um, audio, streaming, video, um, you know, recording and stuff like that. Uh, I'm curious, what is the feature or what are the things that most people are using the most on Dite? So we started out as a purely a real-time video company. And mm -hmm. that's what our primary user base still is. So you can imagine education companies or telehealth companies. And that's the primary use case. But as we started working on it, we realized like, rather than just being a video company, we started expanding into more communication products. So right now our approach is one SDK for all and we provide you like audio, video, chat, live streamings, uh, all in one SDKs and all you know, unified APIs. Awesome. And uh, just to talk a little bit on the platform end, this isn't just web, right? It's also like iOS or Android or some of those other systems, right? Yeah, so uh, we provide SDKs for all platform, like most platforms, and we also provide you wrappers for few frameworks like React Native and Flutter. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so like you could technically integrate a native Android SDK into Flutter, but you'll have to write a, write a lot of boilerplate code. So we provide you SDKs for React Native or React uh, that gives you a natural dev DevX environment to work in. Makes sense. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the developer experience, because um, I think I think people generally understand the ideas behind uh, streaming or uh, you know video, live video, um, you know the conferencing stuff, and and uh, kind of how that works. And then we can kind of get into the capabilities once we understand what it takes to uh, put things in. So. Um, let's say that I decide, you know what, I want to add this to top end devs, which is something that I very well could do. Um, yeah. you know, right now we're using riverside.fm. Um, but it looks like your option is more flexible and gives me a lot more of the stuff that I want. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah, so let's say that I decide I want to put this into my application. Uh, where do I start? You head over to our docs and you start with the quick start guides for the product you're looking for which would be the live video. And the way you'd go about it is 
on the quick start guide brick of framework uh, assuming most of our clients and are on react you pick react and you get presented a quick start guide there like after a couple of lines of installation what the way we have focused our apis and the way we've started this company is to really focus on the developer experience i'll talk about it a bit later but uh, we saw all the other sdks out there and the other apis back in 2020 and mm-hmm. we realize the developer experience is not up to the mark and so if if you head over to our docs you'll realize we focus very heavily on the developer experience so for the react uh, if you would like to integrate it in a react project what you would do is a couple of lines of import and we give you everything including the ui out of the box of course you can build your own ui but a simple quick start is less than like five lines of code right so i'm looking at the documentation as a ui kit option and a core sdk option and so i'm assuming the ui kit is kind of the pre-built ui functionality that i don't have to fuss with or style or anything like that and it just kind of gives me all the right uh buttons and components and stuff like that uh it is that and more so one thing one place where it differs from all the other pre-builds that you might have come across is that you can use the pre-build or you can use the layers below it so you can right. you can just pick one component out of it build rest everything on your own and like offload as much as you can to our uh, ui kit and the 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 thing about our ui kit is it's not a it's not a pure component it's not it's it's tightly integrated with our core sdk mm-hmm. and what do i mean by that is you don't have to do stuff like you know attaching event listeners or maintaining state right. you give it the objects from our core sdk and the components itself will attach all this state that it needs to attach to. okay yeah that makes sense so it it basically does all the work for me as far as uh what talks to what talks to what you know making sure that everything connects back to the API server and everything else so that I don't have to do a lot of that setup on my own yep so typically the way uh, this industry and other vendors work is you work on the concept of publishing a track and then subscribing to a track and that's the abstraction level that most other vendors work at um they don't deal with participants or like high level objects that you would encounter in real life they're dealing all mm-hmm. with and that's what we call them internally track management sdks because they help you manage tracks whereas we seem ourselves as more of a unified suite of communication apis of right much higher abstraction levels and yeah just to kind of back up a little bit you mentioned react is kind of your default implementation i know plenty of people and we actually have shows for like vue js and angular js or not angular js but angular um angular js is what they called the old version of angular um and then other people who are either for example most of the development i do is actually ruby on rails and then i kind of drop in a front end framework where it makes sense so you something like stimulus or alpine or something mm-hmm. um so if i'm not using react uh how easy is it to integrate the stuff it's exactly the same level of uh, experience even if you're not using react okay and the, the reason that is because our sdk our ui kit 
is not made in react it is made in web component mm-hmm. and so the react ui kit that you see okay it's a it's a wrapper on the web components uh sdk that makes a lot of sense so i can effectively import things the same way i would with yeah. anything else you can use solid swell you could use angular mm-hmm. so we pro- we provide you wrappers for angular and react out of the box because web components and reacts uh they, they don't work very fluidly like stuff like passing objects to props or properties to props like you can't mm-hmm. do that in the react way with web components you have to like get the ref of the element and then pass it so we, we provide you wrappers on top of that so if you're using the react ui kit you won't even feel that you're using something that is web components under the hood um so both are angular and react ui kit are based on the underlying web components you like it. Very cool. So, so yeah, so let's kind of walk through a workflow. I'm just going to kind of walk through how we do things here at Top End Devs. Yeah. And uh, we can kind of talk about how we would integrate some of this stuff. So uh, one of the first things that we do, I mean, so we schedule an episode and, um, you know, that that doesn't really involve this kind of a system. But, you know, let's say I provide people with a, you know, like uh, Link to developer toolbox slash recording, right? For mm-hmm. our guests to hit, right? So they they come in. Um, what do I need to put in place so that we can stream? Because I'm assuming that they just get on a web page or do they need some kind of client? I guess let's start no, there. No, they can, they, you can integrate it in your native applications, but like you can also integrate it in your web applications. Okay. So, if you were looking to emulate your workflow typically that will involve like a unique link that you send out to each of the person like each person you interview and okay once you hit that link with the unique id uh, your server knows which meeting that is um the flow of integration of a product like the way it looks like is there there's a rest api and this this client side sdks so when talking about the rest apis the way it works is you first create a meeting call a rest api mm-hmm. to create a meeting and then call another api to add participants to that meeting so okay once you do the add participant you get an authorization token mm, so we, okay. we don't handle the auth for you we give you that token we give your server the token and you can choose to distribute it to whoever you want it to and whenever you want i got you so for example let's say that i have because most of our shows have three, four, five hosts, and then we usually have a guest yeah. or two. So I would say these five people are going to show up, and then it gives me five auth tokens back, and then I send emails out to each of my people who are going to be on the show, and and they use when they come, my server would take the auth token and sign them in, basically. Yeah, you you could store the auth token, or you could generate those when they try to join, or whatever you like. Okay. Like not charge for the participants or the meeting. Um, we just charge when people actually join the meeting. Right. Is there a limit to the number of people I can have on a meeting? So per meeting, with everybody having their audio video on, we support up to like 500 people. Oh, wow. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, because I think Riverside here supports eight, but they're recording too, and I don't know if that makes a difference. Um. I think Squadcast is six. I think Zencaster's six. Anyway. 
So yeah, so you can have 500 people with audio video on, but the catch is at any given moment on the screen, you can have up to 12 people. Okay. So it, it's both a restriction on our, like the media server side okay. and also like the client decoding of those. If you're trying to decode 16 or 20 or like 50, um, you know, video streams, like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work in every machine. Right. You need a lot of encoders. Like you need good encoders, mm -hmm. native encoders maybe. Right. So I guess the other question is, and I think this is going to be the same answer as the host, right? Because you said I can generate the auth tokens when people join. Um, and so let's say that I just manage having six people on screen or eight or 10 or 12, right? You said I can go up to 12 maybe. Um, if I want to like rotate people off, so if somebody like raises their hand and wants to speak up, right? They want to add something to the conversation. I can drop one person out and add this other person in. So I would just get a new auth token for them and they would join. You don't even need to do that. We provide this out of the box. So Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, when I said that all of them can join with audio video on and only 12 are visible, the default behavior is whoever is speaking automatically mm -hmm. switches to okay. like the screen. But that's one mode of uh, configuration we have. Another is, of course, you can select who you want to be on the screen and, and programmatically right. control uh, all of that. So basically run a webinar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in webinar, our limits are like one is to a thousand. Mm -hmm. So you can have a right. thousand real-time viewers. Right. And then I can just pick the people who are presenting. Yeah. You can pick the people who are presenting and uh, the people who are just viewing, get, getting that feed of that stream. That That's awesome. So, let you know, I mean, for the podcast, I mean, we've kind of talked more or less about how that stuff works. Um, now, one thing that Riverside does is it records everybody on a separate track, right? And that's important so that if one of my co-hosts dogs barking or something, right, but they're not talking, we just drop their audio out. And then when, you know, when the dog quits barking, we can add it back in, right? And whoever's sense. talking, it's not interrupted. Uh, does your system do something like that? So I get different so audio we, tracks. We provide two kinds of recording. One that we say is cloud recording. And what that it is, is um, we launch, I'll just explain how it works behind the scenes. So it's just easier to understand. Yeah. Is uh, we launch a virtual Chrome browser in a cloud and that user joins as a participant to the meeting and screen records the entire thing. So okay. uh, that's what that's the default cloud recording behavior. And why we do that is it allows us to record any arbitrary web page, including like, if you have stuff like whiteboard or you know, you're sharing mm -hmm. your slides, um, presentation, you could record all of that and you can record any habit, like anything custom that you want. We give you, we let you customize the web app that is being recorded as well. So that's okay. one option. Another is, uh, which another one, which is in, in fact, like extremely cheap for us is to record individual streams. Uh, mm -hmm. Recording individual streams is straightforward because while the streams are being transmitted, we just dump them into like mm -hmm. nestries somewhere. Um, and 
with very little cost compared to like something like launching a virtual chrome browser right yeah i like that so yeah i mean that's essentially what i'm looking for is that second option mm -hmm. so yeah then my editor can pick it up and he can do what he needs to do with it yeah um so uh a few other things that are listed on your website as far as what's offered is um Hang on, I got to back up. I was looking at the documentation. Um, you mentioned the whiteboard. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yep. So, I mean, that's just basically like drawing pictures or typing text or whatever else I need on there to kind of help people understand what's going on, right? Yep, yep. So, uh, like, fun story, but back when we started Write, we started uh -huh. Write on the... We did not start out as a SDK provider. We started out as a Zoom alternator. Right. And our, our pitch was that meetings are not interactive. Someone's screen sharing, everybody's uh -huh. looking at that screen. So we wanted to bring the interactivity within the call. And Whiteboard is one of the tools, interactive tools that you can bring to right. the call. And there are other tools like that. So yeah, we we to answer your question, we like it's a standard whiteboard, we actually have multiple whiteboards. So if mm -hmm. you've heard of xcalidraw.com or tldraw.com, yes. yeah. So we integrate them right into our SDK. Um, and Very cool. They, they work out of the box without any configuration needed at your end. Right. And those things and screen shares get uh, recorded the same as somebody joining yeah. a call. Yeah. So yeah, I could do a tutorial or a meetup of some kind and yeah. walk people through stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Whiteboard is specially used in the education companies that we serve, like, especially during COVID, well, all of the education was being virtual, was virtual. Nice. And it also, I another one that I'm just going to poke at, because you also have the chat, uh, quizzes, yeah. emoji, watermarks, but you have uh, live captions. Yeah. Um, which I think is cool. I have a question about the chat before we kind of move into some of the other pieces of this real quick. Um, sure. So Riverside, the other the other feature. So besides kind of the the, well, I'll ask about this too. I asked you about before, and you said you can record as many calls as you want, but yeah, yeah. Riverside limits you to one um, stream per account, and so yeah. if two shows want to record at the same time. That's been an issue for us because um, if I want to open up basically a third time slot, I have to buy a third seat, which isn't cheap. So, yeah, I think that like that just boils down to the pricing model, and right. because Riverside is based on like a per license model, mm -hmm. um, they limit concurrent recordings. I don't see right. a technical limitation here. So, and we work on a usage-based model, being an SDK. Right, you're per minute. Yeah. yeah. Per minute. And so, so yeah, we, I can I can have. Uh, I'm looking at your website. You offer ten thousand minutes free every month. And so, if I had ten thousand yeah. streams running for one minute at the beginning of the month, great. Yeah, it's all free. And uh, recordings are included, but yeah, like recording, you can launch as many as you can in parallel as well. Awesome. And then the chat. The other issue is is Riverside does not save the chat, and yeah. so. The game I play is, and I've trained my host to do this, is mm -hmm. after the call ends, but before you leave the page, you have to copy and paste the chat 
in the Discord. We can manually copy everything on, on the chat interface. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so does it save the chat? It, it does save the chat if you want us to save the chat. Awesome. Uh, it's a configuration. So cool. we provide you with like a REST API that you can call once the meeting is over and then give you like a JSON of the entire chat dump. Gotcha. So a few other things that I'm going to poke at here real quick. Um, we talked about web versus mobile. Looks like that works fine. Um, I'm assuming you can also build it into like a desktop app with Electron or something like that because that's just web tech. Yeah, um, we've tried it with Electron and Tori. Ah, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing that I'm wondering about is if I'm recording or streaming or whatever, uh, some of the time I'm going to want to just go live, like live, live. So I want to push like uh, LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. So do you offer like RTMP setup and things like that? Yeah, we do offer an RTMP out that you can like plug into any of the social websites and okay. broadcast this meeting to any social network. Okay. Can I, can I add more than one RTMP? So, you know, push it to Facebook and YouTube at the same time? Uh, not right now. The way okay. few of our customers do it is use something like a restream. Yeah. Um, which I've used like, restream. Yeah. So you, you take our RTMP out, plug into restream and then restream mm -hmm. to as many providers as you want. Very cool. Um, one other thing that I'm looking at is, um, sometimes it's not going to be a, like a live video, right? I'm not going to record myself. Um, I'm thinking more along the lines of, uh, in the past, I've run remote conferences. Yeah. And so I'll have my speaker actually send me a video, and I just want to play it back. So I want to stream it out. Um, do you do things like that, where I can just you know drop that in and let it rip? We don't do video delivery as of now, like video on demand, something that's like probably in Mux territory. Uh, if mm -hmm. I understand your question right. But what we do is like you could plug in it into an OBS and we we take an RTMP in. Um, okay. Yeah. So I could put it into OBS yeah. and then yeah, I get an RTMP from you and then I stream it to you. Yeah. Using OBS. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, are there other features of Dite that I should be aware of that I should be talking about? So a lot of uh, use cases come around the data that we provide. And mm -hmm. that is both like analytics of like the call quality. And so suppose we're not having good experience and you don't know what, what's happening. You want like to understand. We, we got all of that data. We got all the interaction. And if you want to, again, again, I keep jumping back to education because that's a large chunk of our user base. They want to monitor right. how are other students attentive in the class? Um, are they really interacting? So you could get the data and you can get the program. You can experience, like program the experience mm -hmm. uh, to build really powerful features. One thing that is what we're moving towards, as I said, is we started with video, but we're right now becoming like an entire suite of communication SDK all in one. Right. So, and right now we have video, audio, a broadcast, HLS-based broadcast and chat. Mm -hmm. we're, we're moving into a territory where we're 
adding collaboration features as well. So if you want to build any kind of collaborative apps, um, we are the SDK that you should look for. So essentially, at the end of the day, if you're in a position where, because um, I see a lot of uh, applications doing things where effectively they build everything right up to giving somebody a Zoom link, but if you wanted to build the experience into your application, the video um, yep. uh, interactivity, uh, presentations, things like that, you wanted to build it right into your app, then Dite is the way to go. Yep. Uh, one another popular use case, even though that's not something that we built this product for, is mm -hmm. doing like a async, you know, single person recording. So, right. if yeah, a lot of interview service platforms use it where like they put out a bunch of questions and um, the interviewee is reading the answers and recording a video, just a single person meeting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, another. A lot of other features are like that you'll find in other platforms, like standard video conferencing platforms with like virtual backgrounds and audio mm -hmm. transcription, which just slightly touched on earlier. Yeah, those are kind of, I think, table stakes now. Most people are yeah. pretty used to having yeah. those. So if you didn't, it would feel incomplete. Yeah. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. I was just saying with audio transcription, the approach we take is we plug in with symbol.ai, AWS Transcribe, Google Transcription, whatever service you want us that you can pick and you're comfortable with or gives you the result you want. And mm -hmm. we have first party integration with all these providers. Right. That was the question, or that's along the lines of one of the questions I was going to ask was integration with with Mux, because I've been looking at using Mux to deliver the videos. So yeah. do you have any mechanism for, I guess, when I stream something into you that you would push it over to them? Uh, not out of the box, because we are planning to launch video delivery soon. So um, and right, the way we recommend our clients to do it right now is like a simple Lambda. We have webhooks, uh -huh. so you can get server-side okay. notifications. So once a recording is complete, you can get a webhook with a link to the recording. And that's like a simple Lambda, you can automate all of that. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I may be able to with some of the other tools that I use, because I just signed up for like an AI tool that generates show notes and transcripts and stuff. So I could oh, uh, push it over there too. I started doing that out of the box. So everything from transcription to summarization. Oh, nice. Like agendas, MOMs. Uh, it's, it's something awesome. in beta right now. We have not like charging it or we're not selling it. Uh, but we have, of course, like we're building these tools. It's the AI hype right now. Yeah. Is there anything coming out soon that you don't have yet? Uh, so chat's in beta. Chat, we actually just made a release last week. So it's like early stages of beta. But after that, what we have planned is as I said earlier, collaboration. So if you want to build mm -hmm. something like a Figma today and you want to have not just not just audio video chat, but everything from the user interface to data structures that are collaborative. So typically you would like if you open something like a Google Doc, that'll be powered by OTs or CRDTs. And so and 
if you want to build a multiplayer collaborative app, you'll, you'll have to build something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to offer all of that as part of this SDK. Um, so data, like user interfaces, you, even in our UI kits, UI components, um, as simple as like, you know, multiple cursors showing where everybody is, or like a stack of user avatars to show who's online. Mm-hmm. So uh, these kind these kind of features that are that basically build you let, let you build like the next Figma or uh, any other kind okay. of collaborations. Cool. We'll have to look into that. I think a lot of just the online uh, training learning stuff is kind of more my speed and where I'm at. But yeah, I could definitely see uh, some of the collaborative stuff being very helpful and interesting. Yeah, this is something that we're still exploring. We don't have our definite uh, like plan yet. Right. So I guess the other question I have is, um, yeah, what's the pricing on something like this? Uh, pricing on the video, or pricing on like we have multiple products. Oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking more on like the video and live streaming. So yeah, video we charge out for. We give out a price for uh, $4 per user per minute. So if you're, if you're like two people in a call, that's two people. So that's $8 per minute. $8 per thousand minutes. Eight. Yeah, I was going to say. You yeah, said $4 I mean, per minute, but it, you meant $4 per thousand minutes. Yeah, my bad. No, it's all um, good. I just wanted to make sure because uh, the, the be one sounds way more affordable than the other. No, no, we, we yeah. can't be 1,000x more expensive than Zoom, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and it looks like, because um, I just I just jumped on your pricing page, it looks like, yeah, it's the live streamings, uh, $2 per thousand minutes. Um, you're recording in our, our TMP, costs a little extra, but yeah, all very doable. What, what we do provide, for, and that can help someone like you who's building a community of developers, is we provide... A startup program and a developer program. Mm-hmm. A developer program, we give out 100% free, um, no questions asked, as long okay. as, yeah. And and that does not just include video, but all our products and features. Right. So. Makes sense. Um, I, I guess the other question is, oh, it's all, it's all front end, so it's all JavaScript. I was going to ask if you had like a, Ruby gem or something, but yeah. No, it's, it's not all really of, yeah. On the mobile side, it's a bit interesting because we use Kotlin multi-platform. Okay. So, about that. Mm-hmm. so what that helps us do is have one common code that spits out mm-hmm. native iOS SDK, native Android SDK. Um, yeah. And we're using that to expand to desktop platforms as well. So we don't have to write yeah. out multiple SDKs. We just have one common code base in Kotlin that generates all our native SDKs. Yeah, that makes sense because Android is Kotlin anyway, and yeah. you can LLVM compile it to yeah. iOS. With LLVM, we can compile into like all the native uh, right desktop tool chains and all of that. We Kotlin also has a JS backend, but uh-huh. we decided against using that because of First, how heavy the output was. Like even a simple right. hello world was 1.5 MB. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And right now, our entire SDK, like GZIPed, it's 100 KB. So, um, right. That, that was basically a no brainer. That we, and second was what we realized like over the last two years of building this is um, writing SDK is very difficult and very, very different from building out applications because mm-hmm. your code ends up in variety of different environments, different build tooling, different like minifiers or frameworks. And you need to be as like, you know, dependency free and as standard and as, uh, you just have to target the common denominator. You can't target like, you know, the latest TypeScript types or, right. uh, yeah, you just have to go back to like five years and target mm-hmm. all the, the lowest of the, com- like the common denominator of all. So Kotlin, we were not confident on Kotlin JS supporting the right. like all the other use cases makes sense um well i don't think there's anything else that i had questions about i just want to encourage people to go check it out um it says on here like i we talked about before you get ten thousand minutes free so you can go and and play with all the uh video streaming uh or i guess not the rtmp but all the rest of it for free you get a developer account. You said that that was free. Um, so yeah, if you're looking at building some kind of, you know, video, audio, interactive experience onto your, onto your website, this looks like a really terrific way to go. Uh, also, if I can give a shout out, we have a product hunt launch in, on Tuesday. Uh, oh, nice. We, yeah, we were launching the HLS broadcasting. And yeah, would love some support. Oh yeah, how do you spell that? Um, Dite or you said a jealous? HLS. Um, HLS. Oh, the HLS. Yeah. Yes. So the HLS is basically, if, if for those of you who don't know, it, it's it's not real time video. It's a delayed video. Typically, mm-hmm. all the sports broadcasts that you see, they're all HLS because they are scaled by a typical CD game. Right. Right. So. And if you want to target tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, uh, WebRTC scalability is both harder and it's also cost prohibitive. Right. So, yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. All right. Cool. So launching HLS. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense for like mobile apps is usually where I see people dealing with that. Yeah. We, we do see this format. Um, in like a one-to-end scenario with large number of people on the other mm-hmm. side, so social and yeah, like live events. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. yeah, you can go do HLS, but yeah, I think the real uh, selling point for people is just, hey, I've got ten thousand minutes to go fiddle with it, and on the developer account, you know, I get free access until I've figured out what I need or what my client yeah. needs. No credit card required. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, that is Dite. That's D-Y-T-E dot I-O. Um, and if you go, it's just right there. You just click on start building and you're good to go. So, okay. yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it here. Um, Palash, if people want to connect with you or they have any other questions, where do they go? Uh, you could reach out to me on Twitter. I am not really active on LinkedIn. Uh, but, but of course, you could also shoot us some email at 
if, if there are any questions related to diet, you could hit support at diet.io. I'll be probably the person to respond. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Until next time, folks, Max out.